Malachi chapter 2. We'll read just a few verses. Chapter 2 of Malachi. Get the New Testament and go back one book and you'll find Malachi. Last book in the Old Testament. Chapter 2 and verses, read just about 1 to 9. We read it last week as well. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. If ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to heart, to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already, because ye do not lay it to heart. Behold, I will corrupt your seed, and spread dung upon your faces, even the dung of your solemn feasts, and one shall take you away with it. And ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him for the fear wherewith he feared me, and was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth, and iniquity was not found in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity, and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge, and they should seek the law at his mouth, for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But ye are departed out of the way, and have caused many to stumble at the law. Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, said the Lord of hosts. Therefore have I also made you contemptible, and base before all the people, according as ye have not kept my ways, but have been partial in the law. We looked uh, last week at the start of Malachi, and we got as far as about verse 10 or so. And we were talking there about insincere worship. In the previous chapter, in verses 7 to 10, there was insincere worship, polluted offerings, and payment was demanded. They, these, these priests were offering lame and torn and sick animals or allowing them to be brought to be sacrificed to God. And they seemed to be demanding payment for, for doing odd jobs around the place. They said that they wouldn't even open the doors or close the doors without having money passing. But there is another, there is another side to this which was, uh, is also brought out, which we... We, we stopped about here last week. One way was, another way of putting it was, was that, would that there were among you any good man that would shut the doors of the temple so that a man might not bring an abominable offering? Intimating that the priests or Levites, however, who were porters, ought to shut the doors against these people. That the people wanted to bring these offerings of lame and blind animals. And the priests were allowing it. And God was saying here, would that there were people, that there were men who were prepared to stand up and shut the doors of the temple and stop these people bringing these things in. Slightly different angle on it, but the result was the same. Are we prepared, as we were saying earlier on, there's, there's going to be, it's going to become more and more difficult for the gospel to be preached. It's going to be much more difficult for people to stand up for what they believe, because there will be laws brought in. There's no doubt about it. There's a law which is going through the, 
the, the Lords at the moment, which was defeated, but it's going to make it more difficult for people to stand up and say, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We won't be able to say that there's only one way to God through Jesus. I believe that will come. And here, here these people are saying, you know, would to God that there were some people, some priests who were prepared to stand up and stop this happening. And that's what is a challenge to you and to me. Because if we don't do this, God's verdict is, I have no pleasure in you. I have no pleasure in you. And then further on down that chapter, there in, in, in verses 12 to 14, he goes and he lists more sins that the people had committed. The table of the Lord is polluted, the fruit thereof, even his meat is contemptible. And they say, what a weariness. You have snuffed at it, said the Lord of hosts, and ye have brought that which was torn and lame and sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I have accept this of your hand? And previously he'd said, if you, try, if you think this is acceptable to me, try giving these kind of animals to your governor and see what he's going to say. And so often we're lax in, in Christian things where we do things so accurately in, on a temporal basis, but when it comes to spiritual things, we are quite lax. And in verse 12, but ye have profaned the table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof is contemptible. I was reminded of the, the story in, in Daniel, when they were having a feast, and they brought in the golden and silver vessels which had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wooden stone. And they, they took the holy things which were for use in God's holy temple and they took them and they used them in the temple of their gods. And God dealt very severely with them. And there are holy things which you and I have been entrusted with and we want to treat them as holy. The word of God, the truth contained in it, we want to make sure that we don't corrupt it and use it like Belteshazzar did. And then it said the fruit, the fruit, the fruit thereof is contemptible. The fruit thereof. And I started thinking on fruit. The fruit thereof, the fruit. And in Jeremiah 6.19, it says, Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. There are different meanings or different applications put to fruit in Scripture. And this is one of the fruit of our thoughts. The fruit of our thoughts. Our thought life. Oh, that's the, that's the one... That really gets us, isn't it? Gets me. Someone has said, you're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. You're not what you think you are, but what you think you are. And that's, what's, that's what these people here 
It says, I will bring evil on this people because the fruit of their thoughts. Oh, their actions may have been okay, but their thoughts were far from God. And he says, I will bring evil on these people because of that. In Proverbs 1.31, it says, Therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own way. The fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. We all like to get our own way. We like to think we're easygoing and people get on well with us. But you know, most of us like to get our own way. But we need to submit our wills completely into God's hands. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. The clay doesn't say to the potter what he wants the, the potter to make of him. And we should let God mould us. We, these people, therefore they shall eat the fruit of their own way. Proverbs were saying these people be handed over to, to, to let them go their own way. We don't want to go our own way. We want to go God's way. We want his way. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And then in, in Micah it says, Notwithstanding the land shall be desolate because of them that dwell therein for the fruit of their doings. Our actions. Our actions. Do our actions speak louder than our words? Do as I say, but don't do as I do. These people here in, in Micah, the land was becoming desolate because their actions were wrong. And then in Isaiah 57, 18, I have seen his ways, but I will heal him. I will lead him and requite him with comfort, creating for his mourners the fruit of the lips. What is the fruit of our lips? Oh, the tongue it says, is, is a very evil member. With our tongue we can bless people and we can curse people. And what, what is the result of what we say in other people's lives? Is it something which, which encourages them or blesses them? Or is it something which discourages them or leads them astray? The fruit of our lips, all our actions produce fruit. The fruit of our thoughts produces something in our lives. The fruit of our own way. The fruit of what we do. And the fruit of what we say. And the fruit of God, it says here, was polluted. The fruit was polluted. Something which should have been producing blessing to the, the people of Israel and to the, the nation, it was polluted. Well, what did Jesus say? He said, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. That's the secret. We have to stay within the, the love and fellowship of God and of the Lord Jesus. And then we will produce fruit. And the fruit that we want to, we've, we've read them so often in Galatians Away over in Galatians. For the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, faithfulness, meekness, temperance. That's what we want. That's the fruit we want in our lives. Not the fruit of our own ways. Not the, the fruit of our lips which will produce calamities maybe in other people's lives. We want that fruit. 
the fruit that God produces in our lives not to be polluted. And then he say in, in verse uh, 13 of chapter 1, The whole thing is a weariness, and ye have snuffed at it. Oh, ye sniffed at it, you know. Sometimes when we're, we're contemptuous of something, oh, oh well, you know, we sniff at it. The whole, the whole thing had become a weariness to these priests. They were fed up with all the ritual. They'd lost the whole meaning of what proper sacrifice was. And they'd sniffed at it. They'd, just like that. Hadn't bothered. Has our prayer, our worship, our Bible readings, has it become a weariness? Do we just do it? Maybe we don't do it enough. Or maybe we do it purely out of a, a mechanical, you know, a kind of, if maybe if I don't do it, something will happen to me. You know, that's not the, it's become a weariness. But if we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, and if he is leading our lives, then it should not be like that. Don't sniff at it. Don't let it become burdensome. And in verse 14 it says, But cursed be the deceiver, which hath in his flock, a male, and voweth and sacrifices unto the Lord a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. What they're saying, what he's saying is, if you have a, if you have something, and you're able to, to sacrifice to God that which is wholesome, these people, although they had the animals, it wasn't as if they didn't have the, the, the animals, they had them in the flocks. But they were prepared to keep them and offer God something less. God wants us completely. He doesn't want just part of our time. He doesn't just want what's left over. He wants us to commit ourselves completely into his control. My name is dreadful. Oh, this, this comes out again and again in these prophets. God's name is to be feared, to be reverenced, to be honored, to be respected around the world I am a great king he says I am a great king my name is dreadful among the heathen the people in the nations around realized how God should be reverenced but here were his own people didn't recognize that they didn't recognize it at all and then I, I skipped a verse I, I skipped a verse down verse 11 from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles, and in every place incense shall be offered unto my name, and the pure offering, for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. What a wonderful promise this is for us. Through the preaching of the gospel, this can come, come about. People will reverence the Lord. The Gentiles, we've been brought in to the family of God. The, the, the God had chosen the Jews as his particular nation. But then, when Jesus came, it extended it all to the Gentiles. Through the preaching of the gospel, attended with the Spirit of God to the conversion of many, whereby he himself is made known. Jesus is made known through you and through me. And we will extend God's name. The preaching of the cross, you know, people say is to, is, oh well, 
people won't react to it. Paul said the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us who are saved, it is the power, the dynamite of God. This will come true in the millennium, but it is also true for us today that the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ to, to the Gentiles, to everybody, and God's name will be great someday. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of of God the Father and it says the same verse practically in Isaiah 59 19 so they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun for he will come like a rushing stream which the wind of the Lord drives and then we, we, we'll have time to look just a few verses in chapter 2 because of all these evils that have been uh, noted here in chapter 1 then we have the punishment threatened in verses 1 to 9 in verse 2 he says if ye will not hear and he's preaching he's, he's talking to the priests the priests who should be leading the people who should be directing them in the true worship of God and, and it applies to me and it applies to each one of us we are kings and priests unto God. Those of us who are Christians without Peter said we're kings and priests unto God. So therefore we should be giving a clear message to those around us. And he says, Now, O priests, this commandment is for you. If ye will not hear, if ye will not lay it to heart. Lay it to heart. We started we talked last week about the burden that Malachi had, the burden of the, 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 the message. It was on his heart. It lay probably as a burden on his heart. And he had to say what God told him to say. And he lay, it was laid on his heart. And God wants each one of us to, to take the message that he gives us in his word. Different messages maybe for different people. But he will lay something on your heart. He will lay a burden on your heart. And he wants you then to send that message or give that message to those around you. But these people were not laying it on their hearts. They, they, they weren't prepared to take it on board. If he will not lay it to heart. He said, I will even send a curse upon you. I'll, I will curse your blessings. No matter what you do, it won't work out because you haven't put God first. You haven't, the Bible says that in all things, he might have the preeminence. First place. I, he said, I've already cursed your blessings because you did not lay it to heart. Isaiah 42 and verses 23 to 25. Who among you will give ear to this? Who will hearken and hear for the time to come? Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Did not the Lord? He against whom we have sinned, for they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient unto his law. Therefore he hath poured out upon them the fury of his anger and the strength of the battle. It hath set him on fire round about, yet he knew not, and it burnt him, yet he laid it not to heart. Yes, God telling those people, because Israel was stubborn, he allowed them to be taken captive. And it said, because they did not lay it to their heart because they didn't take God seriously 
we can be very guilty of not taking God seriously. So easy to do. I will corrupt your seed, he says. I will spread dung upon your faces. What he's really saying, these sacrifices which are not, as I laid down, and these sacrifices are no good to me. The dung of them, I'll throw them back in your face. And yet, he said, when this happens, ye shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you. And then, in verses 4 to 7, he, he, he goes and he, he explains what he means by that. He says, my covenant might be with Levi. My covenant was with Levi of life and peace, and I gave him for the fear wherewith he feared me. I was afraid before my name. The law of truth was in his mouth. And so on. He, he departed not out of my way. Therefore, I, Levi was an example, really. The expressions there were very apt and very descriptive of our Lord Jesus Christ, our great high priest. My covenant with him was of life and peace. I gave them to him for fear wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name. The law of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth of the life. The law of truth was in his mouth. And iniquity was not in his lips. He walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the law at his mouth for he is the messenger of the Lord of hosts. And that's the, that's the standard God sets for you and for me. He wants us to have truth in our lips. To bring a message of peace and life to people. And to preach and not to depart out of the way of the Lord. This is the way, walking in it. And we just finally bring it to a close. But these people had gone away. They weren't anymore the messengers of God. We said that Malachi was the messenger last week. He was the messenger of the Lord. And a messenger has to tell just what the person who gives the message has to say. He doesn't make up a message on his own. Or he's a, he's a false messenger. And that's what these priests were doing. They, they weren't giving the message that God had told them to give. Therefore, he said, I have made you contemptible and base. I have made you contemptible and base before all the people. And you are partial. Oh yes, and, and the, there was a particular law right in Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 17. Said, you shall not be partial in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. Moses was instructing those people who were going to take over from him. He had delegated a lot of his authority. And he came and he said, this is the way you to act. You shall not to be partial in your judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You shall not be afraid of the face of man, for the judgment is God's. And the case that is too hard for you, you shall bring it to me and I will hear it. You're not to be partial. It's so easy to be partial, isn't it? You know, we, we all like to be popular. We don't want to, 
to, to, to annoy the, the, the wealthy people or the people in power and authority and don't always stand up for the, the weak and those. And Paul said, here's what Paul said in Galatians, and from those who were reputed to be something, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. That's what he said. He said, for those who were reputed to be something, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. He treated everybody the same. And, and that's, that's a wonderful thing to be able to say you did. Those, I say, were, who were of repute added nothing to me. It didn't make any difference. If somebody came to Paul and he had a lot of influence, Paul said it didn't make any difference to him. God shows no partiality. James says the same thing. If somebody comes into your, your church and, and he's wealthy and you give him a good seat and a, a man comes in who's, a, who's badly dressed and things and you show partiality, it's, it's not the way. It's not the way that God wants us to behave. And Paul, when he was writing to the Corinthians, he said that when, we're, when we have plenty, we're going to have a love offering today, when we have plenty, we should share with those in need. Because someday, we will maybe need to be helped. And they, out of their bounty, may be able to help us. So that there may be equality. There's no equality in the world. If you look around the third world, I mean that market yesterday reminded me of the markets in, in India. Where, where there's such poverty. And yet here in the West we waste so much. Mark said if you go around to that market in the evening you'll see so much waste. Unfortunately, he says you'll see people who are going through, picking up all the bits that have been thrown out by the people who it's not worthwhile bringing home some of the stuff, they just dump it. And the people go in the evenings after 6 o'clock and they, they gather up all the bits that are left. There's no equality in the world. And Paul said he wanted to see equality in the world. That there may be equality. Not only in our preaching, not only in our uh, the, the, the way we treat people in our everyday lives, but in our, uh, the feeding of the hungry. You know, we, we support people like Cyril Peters and, and Rose and Y out in India. So Rose and Y, they live in a tenement in, in, in one of the, the worst streets in Calcutta. Why is a doctor uh, and Rose, a, a highly educated Hindu woman, became a Christian? And they look after these kids, hundreds of these little kids, all, all around Bihar and areas. And you, you listen to the news, the, the trouble in Bihar during this election. Bihar is one of the, the bandits and, and it's a bad state, the state of Bihar. And Cyril has workers working in these villages around Bihar. Trying to create equality. And that was the trouble with these priests. They were being partial in the way they acted and behaved. And where did it all stem from? All these stem, it, it all stemmed right back. If we go right back, the reason was that they had offered polluted sacrifices. They weren't prepared to offer as God wants and had commanded. And that's the same with you and me. If we are prepared to offer ourselves completely into God's hands, that is the first priority, and then all the rest. 
Jesus said the same thing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what he's really saying, everything else will fall into place after that. Let's get our priorities right. Let's not be partial. Let's get our sacrifice of praise and worship. We were thinking earlier on of what Jesus Christ did for us. That girl was singing about that it was the love of the Lord Jesus that led him to the cross of Calvary. He gave up everything. He gave his life for you and for me. Oh, it's just, it's the least we can do. Is to, in thanksgiving and in love and praise, give ourselves back to him. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. You're bought. He's bought you. We're not our own. Therefore, glorify God in our bodies and how we act. The fruit of our lips. The fruit of our thoughts. The fruit of our actions. May they just produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit day by day in our lives.